I've learned over time, many people in the church are interested in the events that will precede the return of the Lord. Perhaps now, more than ever, most have varying positions on how those occasions will come about or or play out. Even those who believe they'll be raptured before the intensive events of the Great Tribulation show at least a, a marginal interest in the order of the episodes and and mostly use that knowledge as an evangelistic tool to encourage revival. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. While I was praying the other day, I believe the Lord impressed upon me that no matter how detailed we might present end-time events, you know, their order, intensity, the abundance of apocalyptic prophecy offered in both the Old and New Testaments, from the preliminary birth pains that Jesus spoke about all the way to the great tribulation of the final three and a half years, I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit showed me the major key to that entire period of troubling time will be the collective prayers of the church. Um, now, uh, some of you might be giving a collective, ah, uh, okay, and perhaps we're expecting something uh, a little bit more substantial, weighty, or perhaps non-spiritual. No, <laughs> the word of God rings true. The Father has a way, even in a crisis, even in a coming crisis, to present very limited options. And in this case, he's clear about prayer. And, and not some little ditty we just toss up and move on with the day, but a corporate intercession, prayer and travail, where the Holy Spirit downloads divine insight into the times. The cosmic, heavenly, and earthly flurry of activities necessary for the church to avoid fear, anxiety, and, of course, unsupported prophetic speculation that will come not only from the world, but also from sectors of the church. Now, you may say, Bill, do you mean the raging nations and so forth? You mean we should cut our focus time on the events and give ourselves just to prayer? No, that's not what I mean at all. I've just spent the last year sharing with you the events that will precede the return of Christ. The critical must activities that most all of the gospel writers emphasized as the prophetic information that will be necessary to know and to understand. Not to mention the Lord himself, as we learned in our, in our study, our lengthy study of Matthew 24, he commanded us to know the times and the seasons when the days move closer to the Lord's return. He told us to pay attention to the fig tree, even if we do live in North Dakota, to know, pay attention to that fig tree. And when the branch becomes tender and puts forth leaves, know that summer is near. It's at the doors. He tells us to pay close attention to the generation in which we live. And then he adds, although we don't know the day or the hour and that no one knows, only God himself, nevertheless, his words will not pass away. Pay attention. Then immediately Jesus tells us that his coming will mirror very closely the long ago days of Noah. When they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the rains came, then it was too late. The rains took away all those who had watched Noah and the boys build an ark. 
while sharing an apocalyptic message that called for awakening to the God of creation. Note they were taken away. They weren't raptured. They were taken away. Now, we can cite many instances in the Word of God where the Father called us to wake up, pay attention to the season, and prepare our hearts for what was to come. And today, it's no less true. The same warning is in place. We're to know there's coming a level of rage to the nations against God and and most particularly his anointed, Christ Jesus, rejecting the moral absolutes called for by the Creator, declaring that we will not have this God or his Son to rule over us. We're also told an ages-long eternal covenant with Israel will be suddenly, unexpectedly, and astonishingly validated between a people of an ancient hatred and the covenant people themselves. Their right to exist in the company of nations unto God, leading to the beginning of the ancient sacrifices and the building of a brand new temple, right up there next to the Dome of the Rock. Folks, that's Bible. Those are future events. That a great apostasy must gain momentum and a man of sin must be revealed, leading to the great abomination and Jacob's trouble. Of course, we know from Scripture there'll be wars and rumors of war, but what we'll find is those wars that have been underway in the heavenlies for eons will relocate to the earth shortly before the return of Christ. That meanwhile, two witnesses will stand their watch in Jerusalem. Cosmic and ecosystems will burst from restraint. A trumpet will sound, and the day of the Lord must and will come. Yes, beloved, it's all in the Bible. And we're not only encouraged, but we're commanded to possess a spirit of wisdom and revelation in these coming events. The events that will precede the return of the Lord. So what did I say about prayer? What I said was that the Lord showed me that although he places great importance on those signs and wonders and those times and seasons I just spoke about, to know the season of our visitation, the important matter of corporate intercession and travail will be the means, it'll be the way the Holy Spirit will use to prepare His church for each and every one of those critical musts. Prepare, that's the word. Exactly, what does does preparation look like in the mind of God at, at such a time as this? Well, certainly Scripture makes clear the first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. You know, that's the final seven years of this age. Those first three and a half years, the church will have an ample view of the prophetic scriptures and recognize all the talk of the peace and security coming from the tongues of ancient enemies is a major deception, a major deception that will ultimately lead to the emergence of the Antichrist and the final three and a half years of Jacob's trouble. Deception now and in the near future is a big deal. Jesus warned about it. Paul warned about it. Buying into the supernatural deception coming from seemingly legitimate sources could spell disaster for you and your family. 
This is why with revelation of the prophecies that really could not be understood in the past because the time was just not right, are more applicable now than ever. This is a must-know information, and it's in our Bibles. The church is not the final agent of Israel's salvation. Of course, that's reserved for God alone. But during the first three and a half years, and even before that, the prophetic word has significantly straightened the body of Christ to what lies ahead. And the church has, it's crowded into a corporate prayer movement around the world to to intercede for the Jewish nation and seek the wisdom as to how we become the corporate witness to Jews who will not only be fleeing the land, but seeking places of refuge everywhere. Israel will at once recognize that this final corporate witness of the church, the body of Christ, the power of a a life that's laid down for an astonished and really crucified Jewish nation, a corporate servant, a servant that will instruct many, and yes, a church that will turn many to righteousness. That kind of wisdom doesn't just fall on the church like ripe apples off a tree. A church, you know, just gazing at the sign of the times, novelty items to be bantered around in lively discussions. No, it comes from a sanctified prayer life. The body of Christ is uniting in unprecedented days, global prayer, fasting, and worldwide initiatives. The church is bursting with prophetic expectation of a a great worldwide awakening. Apostles and prophets are being again established in the church for a harvest of souls in historic proportion. Yet you can be sure there will be opposition from the world and from the air. A supernatural rage from people who plot a vain thing, and and from kings of the earth who set themselves against the Lord and against his beloved. Just read Psalm 2. What are the strategies then for the days ahead? How can we strategize and, and know what we're actually to do? Well, walking in the spirit of repentance is a good start. The one who walks in the spirit outside the conventional categories of worldly wisdom and culture? That heart strategy moves us away from only the benefits of the cross to embrace the cost of the cross. We must take the word of God as words and warnings seriously. The words of the writer of Hebrews in in chapter 10, verse 26, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Now, folks, that's rather clear and rather direct. And then the prophet Joel in chapter 2, verse 12 says, Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with, how do we return? With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And here's the important part. He relents over disaster. Literally, what he's saying here is he will abandon or mitigate a harsh intention. We're saying here, what we're saying here is 
What I do determines what God does. Finally, draw a spiritual line in the sand and and establish some immovable barriers. Learn to make decisions about your life, your journey in the life of the Spirit ahead of time. Move out of your comfort zone. Repentance is not some whim or fancy. It's declared from a heart that's broken and contrite beforehand. Much to consider here. I guess the Spirit led us uh, (laughs) to do a little bit more preaching today than teaching, but that's all right. Sometimes that's good for us. It's especially good for me because I have to listen to it. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for the leading of your Spirit today. I thank you that uh, these words we share today will not fall on dry, rocky, hard ground. Your word's going to fall on good ground not return void, but accomplish what you please and prosper in the thing for which you sent it. Lord, bless this people. Minister in only the way you can to hearts preparing for the greatest season of supernatural outpouring and grace. And Father, we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to say bless you, folks. Bless you, folks, in every area of your lives. I ask you to subscribe to the podcast and, of course, pass along to friends and family. I believe this is a message that needs to be heard today. I'm Bill Nordstrom. God bless each and every one of you.